Hey, Mark. Hey, Dennis. I really need some legal advice. Can you give me some? (laughs) Yes, but not here. Okay, we'll talk about it later. And listeners, you're not getting legal advice here either. Remember. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. Shut up. The Human Resources Director, Little Miss Hostel Work Environment. Hey, Mark. How's it going? It's going great. Another week. Another week. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Hostel Work Environment with Mark and Dennis. I feel like we should have, like, a whip sound that plays after that, like, whoopsh, whoopsh. I don't know. Like, making it a hostel, like, I'm whipping you. Oh, I get it. Apparently what? not funny or interesting, though. Like your t-shirt. Like like what's on my T-shirt that I'm wearing? Be- I'm wearing again. A guy being flogged. Do you not wash that thing? No, I wash it. It's it's a week in between episodes. Oh yeah, it's but- either a week or it's thirty minutes if we're recording two at the same time, and our listeners will never know. You'll never know. You can guess. The only clue is that Mark is wearing the same T-shirt. Now it may just be his podcasting T-shirt. I mean, it it, it could be. Yeah. Who knows? But I don't know. We got I, I got something great for you today, Mark. Okay. So as you may know, the U.S. Supreme Court is in session and came out with a real landmark lawsuit. Really? Yeah. I generally follow those things, and I didn't it's, see anything this week. So, but I've been busy. I'll admit, I've been it's busy. Jones v. Walmart. Jones v. Walmart. And the employee's name is Beverly Jones. Beverly Jones. Beverly Jones sued Walmart, who fired her for stealing. She sure. was dipping into the cash register. I'm sure that happens at Walmart from time to time. They've got a lot of employees. Right. So Beverly Jones sued Walmart saying, you can't fire me for stealing because I am a kleptomaniac. And kleptomania is a disability and should be protected under the ADA. Oh, that's a new one. And the Supreme Court said, yeah, sure. You can't fire people who steal. That sounds like a bunch of BS. And it's totally a bunch of BS. Okay. I was, I was seeing like, if I could minute, pull one wait over Wait a minute, you. wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to prank you. And oh. you're, you're too smart and you fell for it. Well, or that was just, it just wasn't very good. Or it wasn't very I, good. I, you could have gotten um, me if it was closer to the line. Like, I could see somebody actually making an argument like that. Except, I just, yeah. as you know, the, the, the ADA actually excludes specifically certain things from coverage and kleptomania is one of the things well, excluded yeah, from coverage. Well, yeah, results in a crime, things like that. Right? Also, but pyromania. Does it? It excludes okay. pyromania and kleptomania specifically. So, okay. sorry, thieves. I was trying to prank Mark and failed. But it, it was fun while it lasted. Pranks are kind of fun, right? Yeah. Until they get you sued. Oh. Yeah. So the case I have today is actually not a prank. It's a real thing. Okay. Well, I'll, when we get to it, that'll be that'll be cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, rare for us, it's recent. Okay. And even more rare for us, it's international. Oh, we need more international cases. We do. And this then, is, I mean, we could look at them then through a, so, a U.S. law lens. But. Yeah. This is, this is worldwide prankage right here. Okay. So... Reported in one of the finest journalistic institutions ever, the the UK Daily Mail. Oh. <laughs> so you know it's true. <laughs> it's high-end <laughs> journalism here. Um, 
A junior detective is suing the police for 500,000 pounds. Okay. Claiming her career is ruined after she injured her knee in an office prank. That's awesome. It's awesome. An so office prank that went bad? An like office she was prank the prankster? that went bad. No, she was not. She, she was, was the, the pranky. Oh, that's not so awesome. Yeah, she was the pranky. That's less awesome. Yeah, it would be kind of funny if the prank, if the prank was right, and no. then and then is suing. Okay, this is that's, it's less fun. Yeah. But no, nope. Rebecca Jenkins says she was the butt of a culture of pranking at Gray's police station in Essex, which ended in disaster. Dum 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 dum. So here's what's happened. Some office mate took her desk phone and shoved it up above one of the acoustic tiles in the ceiling. No. To hide it from her. Okay. And then called her. So the phone was up in the ceiling ringing. And she could hear it. And she could hear it. But couldn't quite tell where it was. Well, no, she figured out where it was. So she climbed up on her desk to get Uh, the phone out. I see where this is going. And as she was reaching to grab it from underneath the office tile, she fell off the desk all the way down to the ground, damaging her left knee. She claims since then she has suffered from depression, pain, and for an ongoing adjustment disorder. I have no idea what that is, Um, but I think a chiropractor could fix it. Probably. And she is claiming $500,000 in damages. Pounds. Oh, pounds, quid. Quid. Yeah, 500,000 quid in damages. Her barrister, I like that, a guy named Andy Roy, said she had to give up her role as a frontline officer and that the incident wrecked her dream career. That's sad. Yeah, she's saying that jokes and banter and tricks are all part of a day's work at the uh, police station. And this is, I find, kind of interesting. She says she tried to give as good as she got. Okay. But that she was targeted because she was the newest arrival. And there were always tricks being played on team members by each other. Common japes, including daubing ink on phones to smudge users' faces. And writing listen and speak on mobiles. That's what they call cell phones in Britain. Of mobiles. Mobiles. Okay. Yep. Ms. Jenkins accepts that Sergeant Alan Blakesley had hid her phone in the ceiling to raise the spirits of the team. Describing her as quite a petite woman, Barrister Roy said she had to climb up onto her desk to retrieve it, and then she went to climb down, slipped, and suffered a blow to her left knee. She tried to rebuild her career after the accident, but was dismissed from the police force in October of last year. And also alleges that as the junior member of the police force, she was always always under a lot of pressure to join in the workplace pranking atmosphere. Okay. So, a workplace prank went bad. So, I'm curious. I mean, Did it surprise in, you? Not overly. I, I'm just curious, like, in, in Great Britain, what law is it that she's saying was... Well, right? I mean, she's suing for damages. I understand the damages part. She was part of this culture. She contributed to it as much as she also says she didn't like it. Um, what... 
what law is implicated there. I because I, we can talk about what would happen here in the U.S. Right. But this is not a discrimination claim. She's not saying it's because of gender or age. She's just saying it's because I was the newest person there that I was targeted maybe more than others. And obviously the Daily Mail is probably not quite one of the most reputable legal journals in the United Kingdom. I thought it was the UK version of like the Lawfare blog. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Um, It's more like the UK version of the National Enquirer. Got it. Um, a little so better. So we may than not have that information. Inquiry. No, like, like I'm sure this is a real lawsuit. Yeah, no, I, I'm but just, yeah, I just, it's not like I want to think about the theory of the case. Aliens had Elvis's baby quality of journalism here. It's, it's, you know, somewhere in between. Somewhere in between, but it's, 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 yeah, it's not exactly the journal of record. Um, they don't go into a lot of detail. I'm gathering from the way I read it, it's more of a personal injury kind of thing than a discrimination kind of thing. Um, and so then there, you'd have kind of just tort negligence kind of yeah. theory of the case. Now, in the U.S., I'm sure that, you know, an employer would try and say that this was barred by workers', workers comp. comp. That this is, I think this is clearly within workers' comp. I don't. No? No, because workers' comp excludes injuries that are caused by... Um, intentional actions is this an intentional action i i don't think they intended her to get hurt right but the hiding of her phone was intentional so i could see somebody arguing trying to get away around workers complex and we still go back into a negligence and then you'd still be back into a negligence kind of thing right um she was at work and yeah i don't know i don't know enough about workers comp to be particularly intelligent on that conversation. And I don't want to know enough about workers' comp to be intelligent on that conversation. I I have a Um, hard time getting too intentional there. But, I mean, the takeaway from this is that if you're going to have an office prank that results in somebody, like... Having to stand on an office chair with wheels. And having a career-ending injury as a result, that's probably not the best choice for an office prank. Yeah, no, I think think it would be better to do it the way that you do office pranks. I do office pranks? Yeah. Really? Like what? You don't remember? No. You did the best office prank I think I can ever remember. Really? Actually, two of them. Two of them? Okay. Two of them. Well, we'll talk about one of them. You're going to have to enlighten me on, on both. So I'd... about... Well, well, one had to do with a summer associate. Oh my God, that was the best that office prank That was the best. And that's actually ever. worth a whole other episode or part of an episode. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that some other day. But... When you left our old law firm, Stoll Reeves, about yes. seven years ago. Yeah. And I was, of course, distraught. Of course. Uh, you sent out an email to the entire firm. That's true. It was a nice email. It was a lovely email. It had all the hallmarks of a traditional goodbye, I'm leaving the firm, and I actually love you all, not snarky kind of email. Right. It was not a prank. was sent to everybody. But in that, you included some links. I did. And if I recall, one of those links... I think one of the links was to my new employer. Right. I went to an in-house job, and I wanted people to see where I was going. So I was like, you know, I embedded a link to my new employer. Right. Which is totally legit. Right. Somewhere further down in that email, I seem to recall, you said something about never giving up hope or... 
it, it was it was something that just it didn't feel quite exactly right from the rest of the tone of the email though it did it did read <laughs> it, I mean it read okay but it was yeah. linked yeah and when you clicked on that link I'm going to give our listeners like 10 seconds to think about what that might be I clicked on that link of course you did and it took me to the best rickroll that I've ever had that's right. I did rickroll the firm. You rickrolled the whole stinking firm. And it which, was legendary. Which is a multi-state I, firm. I mean, right? there, there, there a, was a few thousand recipients of that of email. that email. And I remember opening it up and laughing and then listening to peals of laughter coming down the hallway from all directions <laughs> as people opened up your email, got far enough in, and were like, oh, my God, I just got rickrolled by Dennis. So Leaving the firm. So, Mark, you need to... For this story to make sense to everyone, I think you're going to have to explain what a Rickroll is. Oh, see, now, I thought, I, I guess I should realize that somebody very close to me recently told me they did not know what this was. Exactly. So, you know that song from the 80s, Never Gonna Give You Up? I know it well. Rick Astley. Rick Astley. Never, never Gonna Give You Up, up never, never Gonna, gonna let, let You Down. Right, yeah. Yeah. This we'll, is... We'll, post links in yeah, the show notes. Well, well, and anybody who subscribes to our mailing list gets rickrolled every month because we have one in there. That's true. <laughs> um, few words from Rick. As a memorial, As a memorial to, to my to... going away email from right. seven plus years ago. Uh, but this was brilliant. And it, it, it was awesome. It takes well, you to the you. YouTube video for that music video from the 80s. And like you wouldn't believe it, it has like 500 million hits. Yeah. I mean, it's just because everybody who rickrolls somebody sends them to that same YouTube link. Exactly. Uh, so the song, which is a mediocre but peppy, very earwormy kind of earwormy song, song, has a very, very disproportionate number of hits related yes. rel- relative to everything else out there. Uh, and and the whole point of a rickroll is that somebody clicks on a link thinking they're going to get something of value, a value of interest. interest or something else. And, and then Rick, instead they just, just get Rick, Rick Astley. Astley. And yeah, you know what I actually really love about the rickroll? No, what? You know who's the biggest fan of the rickroll? I have no idea. Rick Astley. Oh, I saw an interview awesome. with him recently, really? and he loves the Rickroll. Well, it's, it's probably because it maintains his career well into his fifties. But yeah, he seems I mean, to be like, a good guy with a good sense of humor. Good for him. Yeah, I love Rick Astley. Good for him. So anyway, that was my office prank. Um, I think it's safe to say nobody got injured via my right. Rickroll, and that would be the difference, right? This was yeah. not a prank that let anybody. I, I, I suppose maybe somebody is allergic to 80s music, but... But, you know, probably not. That's that's a far <laughs> less likely lawsuit than I yeah. tripped on my chair and broke yeah, something. Yeah, probably a better career. bet. Yeah. So I was looking around for like, you know, April Fool's Day is coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Hence why I figured, you know, we could talk about office pranks. Because I know some of our listeners are thinking, God, I hate that guy in the other cube who talks too loud. I'm going to get him. I'm going to take his phone. I'm going to put it up in the ceiling. Right. Don't. Don't uh, do that. That's probably a bad idea. Don't do that. You may or may not end up with a worker's comp situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or just be sued directly yourself. We right. don't like individual personal liability. So 
I did a little poking around to see if we could come up with some nice tips for our listeners about, you know, what is, is, is not a good office prank. Okay. And I want to give credit where credit's due. I found this from the Houston Employment Law Blog. Okay. It was posted by, and I apologize in advance, I'm going to butcher your name, Aditi Mukherjee, who's a lawyer in Houston, and gives what I thought was really good advice. Okay. So here's what Aditi writes. First, don't impede team productivity with your prank. Okay. Like if it's one of those things like, you know, somebody's a jackass in the office, so you're going to coat every single object in their office with tinfoil. You know, that, yeah, we've all seen it. It's kind of, it's tired, it's old. Well, it's done now. Back then, it was interesting. The first time that was done, that was really, really It's just, I just, it's not even that great a prank. I just love the amount of dedication that goes into doing something like that. I mean, it, but, to individually right. wrap every book in the office in tinfoil, <laughs> it's dedication to a craft. It's dedication, but the problem is, like, if that poor sucker has, like, a deadline to meet on April 1st, right. and they come into the office and they now have to spend the next five hours undoing the 10 hours worth of labor that you spent the night before, they're boned. It's not good. That, you know, could so potentially be a career-ending thing. On a similar vein, don't accidentally sabotage a person's work. Yeah. Which I have to say I have done. I, th- I think that fits very much with the productivity piece. Yeah. yeah. Um, You've done that? Yeah, I did that once. You sabotaged somebody's work? Yeah. I thought it was yours, and you seemingly don't remember this, but maybe it wasn't you. But I know one of my colleagues had a habit of walking away from their desk without password protecting their computer. Oh. And a simple find and replace in Microsoft Word taught them the dangers of doing that. Oh, I don't recall if that was me. It very well may have been. See, I know if it wasn't you, I know who it was. And Ryan, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Don't single anyone out. Oh. So, yeah, Yeah. don't just pick Mark and wrap all of his crap in tinfoil unless you're going to do it to everybody. Because somebody could say that... It's because of a protected class. Exactly. It's discrimination. It's harassment. Um, Avoid potentially offending pictures or jokes, especially those that refer to race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disability, or religion. Under any circumstances. You know, you'd think so. Well, I mean, for us. For us, right? I mean, and yet. I get it. Um, It's not okay otherwise. It's certainly not okay in a prank. Right. I had to deal with a lawsuit in which a office co-worker took a photo of one of their office mates and photoshopped that office mate's face onto a picture of a Taliban soldier posing with a firearm. Oops. And then was accused of anti-Muslim discrimination. Shocking. So don't, don't be doing that. Not smart. This is good advice. Keep pranks simple and short-lived to make sure oh, yeah. that they don't cause permanent damage or alteration to property, i.e. Rickroll. Rickroll. Rickroll's perfect, it's right? perfect. And this should go without saying, and yet it needs to be said, don't set up a prank that could potentially injure someone. Of course. Of course. But it's sad that we have to say these things. Yeah. Or that somebody feels that, like, right, like, duh. Duh. But not duh. And because I was watching reruns of The Office last night as I was cooking dinner and went way back to season one, 
this bit of advice, you know, is particularly poignant right now. Pretending to fire or reprimand someone is a really bad idea for an office prank. Yes. It was a really great idea for an episode of The Office. Right. Bad idea for an actual actual prank. Yes. So if you guys, listeners, have either stories of office pranks gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Or horribly right. Or horribly right. Please send them to us. Where, Mark? Stories at hwepodcast.com. And it would be great if we got a few good ones so that when it actually is April Fool's, we could... Then we could do a little story segment on uh, pranking. Yeah. Because our pranks... pranks. You know, I think we've talked about some of our pranks a few times. They're great. But we're going to run out pretty fast. Yeah. It's not like we've spent a lot of our times yeah. violating those rules that you just read. I especially like the horribly bad ones. Yeah. I don't want our listeners to do them. No. We want them to stop doing them. But just, isn't that the entire concept of this podcast? Kind of like stop doing stupid stuff. But, you know, tell us about the stupid stuff that's that already been done. We're all about that. So on Dude. that cheery note, why don't we take a short break and we'll be back with, uh, with a little bit more. All right. Speaking of stupid stuff, I've got a really great stupid stuff story. I can't wait. Okay, be right back. So, Mark. Yes, Dennis. Now, I know that I'm one of the few people in the world that actually still practices traditional labor law. It's a hearty but small number of people. Hardy yeah. group, small number. Um. But this next story comes from the world of traditional labor law. All right. Well, I'll just go take a nap. And well, uh, I actually don't. <laughs> I, I, I think it's. I'm I think kidding. It's, I'm kidding. I think it's really interesting. So there was a I love recent, labor law. I love not practicing labor law, but I'm, hearing I'm labor sure law do. stories. Um, this one is especially interesting, not only because it's traditional labor and we just don't have enough on the show, but it shows how a case can actually get reversed just because the judge on that case is a crazy sexist pig. Oh. And it's, I find it fascinating. So I I want to tell you about it. I assume that could happen whether it's labor or otherwise. Right. I think it, I think it could. This one just happened to happen in the traditional labor world. So let me tell you the setup. Please. This has to do with a truck driver by the name of Donna Mata. Donna Mata. Donna Mata, who is suing her union for violating its duty of fair representation. That's a part of the labor law that says unions, if you're going to represent somebody, you have to do so fairly, equally, equitably, and do a good job. Okay. You can't just like ignore your duty. Take, take their dues and do nothing. And Donna was basically arguing the union was taking her dues and doing nothing because it refused to train her based on her sex. And it solicited her, solicited her to withdraw an unfair labor practice charge that she had filed against the union. And that all of this was driven by a sex discriminatory intent by the union, which happened to be International Longshoremen's Association Local 28. Oh, those guys. Right. So, the judge that initially heard the case dismissed her charge because he credited the testimony of the training coordinator rather than Ms. Mata. So, what kind of, what, what proceeding are we in here? What kind of judge is this? So, if you file a charge 
The first place the charge is heard is before a judge, a particular type of judge known as an administrative law judge or ALJ. That's an acronym we actually spell out in the labor world. It's not an ALJ, it's an ALJ. And then if you don't like the ALJ's decision, you can appeal that to the National Labor Relations Board in Washington, which is a panel of... When it's fully appointed, five people appointed by the president who will... So they act as judges. They they act as an appellate court, so okay. to speak. But this is the actual affirmative... Uh, affirmative. The administrative law judge... So this is the ALJ... The ALJ opinion here. Okay. said that he discredited Ms. Mata's testimony. Here's what he had to say, and I'm just going to read from his opinion, because this guy was brilliant enough to write the following down and publish it as his opinion. I can't wait. Yeah. Third, the implausibility of several key parts of her story further undercuts her credibility, her meaning Ms. Mata's. It is simply implausible that Mata, who appeared to be a tough woman who performed stevedoring work on the docks and previously drove a truck in Iraq would have meekly allowed Harris, the trainer, to harass and assault her a whopping ten times without an utterance. It is even less plausible that she would have tolerated such egregious misconduct to preserve a job that only paid her less than 10000 annually. It is still less plausible that a woman, who was empowered by having two relatives holding influential union positions, would have allowed Harris to repeatedly violate her. It is also implausible that, if Harris withheld training because she rejected his advances, as she alleges, he would have then enrolled her for training after her rejection. It's also implausible that Mata, who claims that she was too embarrassed to complain about sexual harassment, would not have opted to address her training problems by solely complaining about Harris's other reportedly less embarrassing comments, e.g. his alleged comment that, as a driver, she did not require training or that she did not want to train her to perform grimy jobs. So, Wow. Ms. Mata appealed that. That's a lot of implausibility right there. It's a lot of implausibility all because she's a woman. Again, shaking my head. No camera. I mean. Shaking my head. And and sort of like reading through this in the lens of the Me Too movement. what What this judge is saying is that. Because she's a woman who can drive a truck, she can't really be sexually harassed. She's she's strong and should... Right. She never would have tolerated sex harassment because she drove a truck in Iraq. I don't think that's how it works. Not really. So when this went to the NLRB in Washington, it was heard by a panel, including two Republican members and one Democrat, and they all agreed that that was... Such whopping crazy sexism on the part of the ALJ that they threw out his opinion on that basis alone. Wow. Like, and and this is, this is what's interesting because usually in an appellate setting, the judges are incredibly deferential to the trial court's determination of credibility. Right, in fact. Because yes. the trial judge is the one who listened to the people come in front of him and testify and tell their stories. And if anybody's able to determine credibility, it's that judge. The person who saw it. But when the judge backs up his credibility determinations with a bunch of sexist, sexist blather, 
the 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 board members had no choice but to say this guy's too big of a sexist pig to even believe and tossed out the entire opinion unbelievable unbelievable so they toss out the opinion where does that take it now now what that Let's means see. is it will go back to It'll the alj level and have to be reheard will it be reheard by the same alj or will they I move it to another don't one? know but I can do some follow-up and uh, yeah, let's find do out. an update on the next episode. Because I know a lot of the times when cases are remanded back to the trial court level, it'll go back to the same judge. But here, here the judge is the whole reason. And they're saying and the, the judge, judge is too biased. Then how can how can you remand it back to the yeah, same Yeah, I think it has to go back to somebody else. Fascinating. Yeah, wasn't it though? And that's very recent? It is. Aha! I just found the order. And here's what the uh, board members wrote. It's ordered that the ALJ's decision be vacated. It is further ordered that this case be remanded to the chief administrative law judge for reassignment to a different judge. Okay, good. And that that judge shall prepare and serve on the parties a decision containing findings of fact, law, and recommendations, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it has to go back and be heard by a different judge. Great. Yep, that case came out of Houston, Texas. Fascinating. Yeah. Thank you. So that that was it was a labor law situation that did not actually put me to sleep. Thank you. Labor law it's an it's interesting actually very place. it's actually I actually find it fascinating. I'm just joking. It's an arcane and strange area of the it, law. That it is. That it is. That it is. Anyway, I think, Mark, you're going to have a listener story for us when I we should. return. I'm going to dig through my archive and find one that I think works for today. All righty. We will be right back with that story. So, Mark, we promised our listeners a listener story. We usually do. We usually do. What do you got for us this week? All right. This comes from a listener. Because it's a listener story. They tend to come from, from listeners, listeners, except the ones we just make up. Right, right. Which is Those come from only, only once in a while. Yeah. Um, you have to guess which ones we made up. That's right. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Mark, after your Valentine's Day post, Ooh. I just had to share my own crazy romance at work story. Oh, yes. Please do. So often... It's others that cause the issues around workplace relationships, not those involved in the romance. I met my now wife at a former employer. I was the H- oh. yes, I was the HR generalist. Neither of us saw it coming. I had no day-to-day interaction with her or authority over her pay, benefits, etc. I made well, sure- that takes all the fun out of it, right? Uh, I made sure my director of finance and COO checked and approved anything that could have had an impact. We dated quietly for over a year with no issues. Then, when I, in my HR capacity, prevented a director from firing a pregnant employee, that director retaliated by telling our CEO that my wife and I were dating and that we had been quote-unquote inappropriate in a public work setting a year prior. What? Which never happened for the record. Oh, How disappointing. How disappointing. Uh, The CEO, who I dotted line reported to, pretty much lost his mind. He accused me of all sorts of wrongdoing, despite a 100% lack of evidence, including rigging her bonus pay, which the finance director oversaw, not me, ruining his reputation as a quote-unquote leader. I use that word very loosely here. (laughs) Openly threatened my job. 
then refused to give my wife a promotion that she had earned and had been promised, and stopped speaking to me entirely. Whoa. It's a little... That's why we're reading the story. That's it's a, a bit harsh. It's a bit harsh. He was somehow shocked when I handed in my resignation less than a month later. My wife left the month after me, after 10 years at the company, and they still haven't found a replacement. The director who made the false accusation quit right after I did and was fired from her subsequent job for misconduct. The CEO has been accused of gender and racial discrimination, among other things, and has been asked by the board to step down. Fun times. Fun times indeed. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious what was prompting that reaction. Yeah. Maybe he had a thing for the now wife and was jealous? So unclear. We don't know. We don't We're have the pure facts. speculation. We have no idea, but it it does make you wonder, right? It, it really does. Um, wow. I, I can ask. We can find out. Uh, I'll do some follow up. Do some follow up. It wouldn't hurt. I, I I I'm sure our our submitter is listening to this too. So yeah. So if just, you want to follow up, yeah. If you want to follow up, and right Dennis's in, question. Not, let us understand, like, why did the CEO have this reaction? And and in case you're wondering, we don't care about like facts or evidence. So make it up. Make or just <laughs> speculate. I mean, yeah, you know, speculate. What, speculate. Don't make it up, but spec inform speculation is the bedrock of American jurisprudence. Um, you know, what do you think was going on? Let us know. Yeah, you got us curious. Thank you for that story. And others who have stories have a way to send those in, don't they, Mark? Yes. Um, you build a fire and get a sheet. Yeah. And, you know, burn it with something that's a little wet. Maybe it'll create some smoke. Smoke. Yeah. And smoke signals. Smoke signals. Best way okay. to get us. Okay. Best way to get us. If not that, if you have a computer and an email account. And I think some of our listeners do. They might. Uh you can send us an email at stories at hwepodcast.com. Cool. Uh, smoke signals preferable. Email as a secondary. It's acceptable. Yes. Um, postcard? Postcard would be fine, except we don't have a mailing address. We don't address, have a mailing address. So scan it. You and can then scan email it, it to that, stories that would, that would at hwepodcast.com. Awesome. If you have a great postcard and you... You scan it and email it to us. We might even put it up on the website. Yeah, we'll put it on the show notes. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there that really enjoy this podcast and want to make sure that it is sustainable. That we're covering our expenses, maybe? Yeah, and that we're not just like delving deeper into our ensuing bankruptcies to support this thing. So how could those people help us out? Uh, they could go to Patreon which yeah. is a website. Again, um, this time probably better computer than Smoke Signals. Yeah, Smoke Signals don't work on Patreon at all. Um, that would be www.patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash H-W-E. And you can help contribute to the cause there. Help keep us on the air covering our expenses, which we still don't do at this point. No, we're still going deeper and deeper into the abyss. It, we're not pleading poverty here, but we are not covering our expenses either and we and love doing this and we love getting the feedback um my, anything you can do to my, help us my dogs are awesome. getting thinner <laughs> i guess i notice that when they jump on me every yeah. week when i come over we, here we've had to scale back on their treats okay well all right well dennis's dogs are asking uh <laughs> that you please help us uh so that they get fed yes that's not manipulative at all not whatsoever 
Um, feed Dennis's dogs at patreon.com slash HWE. Slash HWE. Well, thank you very much for listening to another fun and undoubtedly informative episode oh, of the Hostel Work informative. Environment. Super informative. Um, and uh, give some good thought before you prank people in your office. Yes. But if you do, tell us, us about, about it. it. A, a, a prank that does not go podcasted is kind of like the tree falling in the woods that no one is there to hear. Right. Right. What a waste. So. Let us know. And on that cheery note, take care. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob.